Hello, everybody. This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. I am your host, Quentin, and today I've got a very special host. I would say probably one of my best friends in baseball who I met when I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, Jim Matteo on the line. What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? Dude, nothing, man. Nothing, man. I'm pumped to have this podcast with you. I know we've... uh, Historically, we've had conversations over the phone where we talk about baseball for like two hours. And so this time we're going to yeah, try to well, do that and hopefully record it, man. Yeah, well, it's funny. Uh, I didn't know you love baseball that much, man, when I uh, actually saw you every day. It's uh, crazy. We Dude, didn't really I talk know, about like, baseball when, a lot. I was, yeah, when we first met, man, we never talked about baseball. And it was kind of like um, I decided that like I wanted to – create this podcast because like it was naturally something what's up you played baseball right yeah yeah, i played baseball like maybe till like i was a sophomore in high school or something like that i mean i basically turned into like a brat my dad was my coach like all growing up so it was like i wish i would have kept playing like coach's kid man you were the coach's kid i was Uh, man and it's one of those things like like, the coach's kid come on man dude i know i regret quitting man what did you pitch and and like get thrown out of the game and dude i would do the worst <laughs> I'm just stuff I'm just messing with I, dude you. i know man i remember when i was like in fourth or fifth grade and i struck out once dude and i slammed and my mom was sitting right there and then obviously my dad was in the Did dugout you cry? no i struck out slammed my bat yeah, on home plate and uh, i yelled shit as loud as i could and then on my way back to the dugout oh, I, was I thought like, we're not swearing on this thing man oh for if you for story purposes, do it. I just don't want to oh, turn this into like, right, right, l- listen, right, man, I don't want right. to turn this into like a 21 Savage album, but like, dude, I slammed my <laughs> bat. I go, shit. And I bam, slammed my bat on home plate as hard as I could. And as soon as it happened, man, like I knew my mom was out the corner of my eye and there's no way they didn't hear me. And so I'm walking back to the dugout and I'm like, man, they're going to let me have it. They didn't say a word. Um, but dude, I was like mm. the worst kid. They put that one go because yeah, they must have, dude. I got awful when I was in my teens, man. I basically got a driver's license, and uh, well, I built a truck when I was in high school, man. So I just like quit playing baseball, mm. and like I had built a Chevy S10, which we like shaved and bagged, had like caddy tail You're lights on it. You're trying to build up dude. your manhood to me right now, aren't you? No, I'm really not, man. I just kind <laughs> of like that. Well, that's on. Honestly, that's the story behind no, it. No, I know. I got distracted uh, too, man. How baseball, long did you play baseball for? I my arm out. What I quit? No, how well, long did you play my, ball for? Oh, I I played until I was 18, but oh shoot, okay. With my dad. Yeah, well, my dad, my dad passed away, and that was like our bonding thing. So when I was 13, he passed away. So <clears throat> it, it was kind of, you know, it was weird, you know, not seeing him there. When and that but happened when you not were 13. To get all dark and depressing. No, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like one of the most like I love talking baseball with you so much because like your experience with baseball and how you look at it is um like it's very passionate like it's like i love it man because you love the game so much so when did you start playing baseball ah man you know five just as a kid yeah yeah. you know and then you continued to play baseball up until 18 and what'd you do did you say you pitched you said you threw your arm out uh i blew my arm out after uh when i was 13 uh i didn't warm up properly and i didn't cool it down properly you know so any kids that I talked to, that's very important. I felt my arm pop, and it was never the same. Mm-hmm. But I kept pitching until I was 18 and <clears throat> um, played first base, third base, 
outfield. But yeah. Wait, what were we talking about before? We were talking about something about you. Uh, oh, <laughs> we were talking about me quitting baseball and building trucks, and you said I was trying to prove my manhood to you or something. I don't know what that means, man. <laughs> Listen, no, I, I was it. never like a power it. hitter, dude. I was always like a little skinny kid, man, so I can't intimidate anybody on a baseball field. I was a pretty good pitcher, man. I, dude, I recorded with my brother like a few weeks ago. And he said from when I was like a young kid, like when I, cause when I would throw like yeah. a fastball, he said it would always move like crazy. And like, I remember even from like yeah. a young age, just being able to like strike people out. And I don't know what happened, but, uh, um, well, you're righty. You're righty. Yeah, no, I'm right-handed. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah. I would always just throw basically as hard as I could for as long as I could. Um, uh, since I was like a little kid, one, t- one game I had four batters in a row, um, that was a bad Ooh. deal, man. And that was when I was, like, yeah. in fifth grade. Yeah, no <laughs> it was real bad, dude. Um, but let me ask you this, man. So you're a Phillies fan, man. Always been a Phillies fan. Well, yeah, yeah. So you know the pain of uh, cheering for a terrible team. You know, <laughs> dude, it's been a rough, a like. It's, dude, it's, oh, it's a rough ride, right? It, you honestly. My whole, my whole 80s and 90s <laughs> childhood, man. The, the Phillies, I mean, except for that 93 team with Crocker and Dystra and dude. all that stuff, man. That, that was a. That was a big letdown, too. I'll never forget where I was, you know? What, when, when they that, lost to the Blue Jays? Oh, yeah, to the Blue Jays, yeah. yeah. dude. I mean, to be like a Phillies Carter, and a Cubs man. fan, your best bet's to find a beer that you really like and drink a lot of it the whole time. When you're 10 years old? <laughs> dude, yeah. I'll tell you this, man. Um, before I forget, Maybe John Crook. Maybe that's drinking, man. Dude, possibly, man. <laughs> that's why I drink hams in old style, like two of the most disgusting beers in the world. But it's almost if you're a Cubs fan, you have to just suffer through the bad taste and the headache to, like, support your yeah. team the only way you know how. And the good thing is yeah. it's really cheap beer, uh, because if I was drinking anything else, I guess I would just be, like, bankrupt or something like that. I don't know really what would yeah. have ever happen. At, at the end of the night, whether they win or lose, you're, you're just, you know, you're still going to fall asleep, you know. Oh, but but <laughs> I've dealt with the Phillies, and this is, like, what I was saying to you before, man. Like, my disconnect with baseball happened. Do you remember the uh, 2011 season when uh, the Cardinals were on fire? They caught fire. With pool holes. Was that? Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. You know what I mean? They were the wild mm-hmm. card, mm-hmm. and they were just blowing through everybody. They won the World Series that year, actually, right? Yeah, they won it all. Yeah. So that year, the Phillies, that was like the last year they had like Cole Hamels, uh, Howard Utley, you know, just like the dream team. Mm-hmm. They were unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And they won the most. They, I think they won 102 games which is a record for them. And uh, I remember they were playing the Braves and all they had to do was lose. All they had to do was lose. And I'm not saying throw the game. I'm not saying like do a Pete Rose or any of that. I I don't want to swear, but (laughs) (laughs) let it out. All they had to do. I, no, I'm, let right, it I'm out, You're, dude. That. You got to let out that Philly's angst. Let that Philly angst fly, off. brother. Let it out, man. This it is a pissed, safe place. It pissed me off so much, man. Because I was, I had the MLB package. I don't have. Yeah. I haven't had cable since 2009. I don't have cable, but I would either I'd watch it at the bar. Or I had the MLB package. Mm-hmm. If, if the game wasn't on at home, I, you know, I went out to the bar and, yeah. and I'd be like, put on the Phillies. 
or put on whoever. I just watched all baseball. But what pissed me off so much, man, is all they had to do was say, all right, we're just going to let our starters calm down and just we're going to play our, you know, second team. And because all they had to do was lose to the Braves. It didn't matter if if the, the Cardinals won or not. They would not get in the playoffs. I was like, they're, they just won 13 in a row. Pujols is on fire. Uh, their, their stud pitcher, uh, what was it? Carp- mm, um, probably Adam Wainwright. Or it could have been Chris Carpenter at the time, if you're talking 2011. I think it was Carpenter. Probably Chris I Carpenter. I think it was Carpenter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were just killing it. And I was just like, man, this is like a no-brainer. The Phillies already are in. They oh, and the need Phillies to needed game. to lose the game so Atlanta would get in over St. Louis. So Atlanta would get in. Exactly. Ah, Atlanta got it. would get in. Right. And I was like, that is like the chess move. That is like the s- smart move. Don't let the Cardinals get in. And they let them get in. They beat the Atlanta, the Braves. And then, of course, the Cardinals won it all. And like, mm-hmm. I think the Phillies went to like six games with them. But I knew it was like... Dude, I could just tell they were just going to get smoked. Dude, those Cardinals you know, teams do that stuff, up. man. They're Halliday, sneaky good. Yeah, Holiday, God, God bless his soul. You know, he, I think he won the first game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it just, and then that just left a really bad taste in my mouth. And then all those guys are, you know, over the hill. So yeah. I had to learn a whole new team, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not like a bandwagon type of dude, but I just, I had to let it go because it is, it broke my heart. It was like a girl, like the love of your life cheating on you. And I'm sorry if I'm being very dramatic, no. but that's how, that's how it felt. I have a similar story it, to that it, that it, I'm it hurt, thinking man. of in my head. Yeah. Um, cause in 2000, in 2000, you said a really good chance. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, dude, when you have guys like Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, would they still have Cole Hamels, Rory Halliday? And they had they had the like, whole that pitching staff was like like Cliff Floyd killer. still. It was, like, it was yeah, the one two three four punch. Cliff man. Lee, Cliff Lee. Sorry, yeah, dude. Cliff I mean, Lee, yep. I said Halliday. Cliff, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, the Cubs in two thousand eight. Had like um, they won the NL Central. They had like the best pitching staff to earn run average, I think, in at least all the National League. Um, had like a top tiered offense. They got to the NLDS, right? Because they didn't have to play a wild card game. They won the Ooh. division. And they got swept by the LA Dodgers and scored about three runs the whole entire series. And like I had Ooh. got myself so pumped up for it because the series that we had seen before that was um, in 2003 when, you know, they lost to the Marlins in, like, the Steve Bartman game and all of that stuff. And I remember watching Mm -hmm. that with my dad and kind of, like, after, like, game six fell apart and when game seven, like, the Cubs were going to lose, like, I I remember him, like, shutting the TV off and, like, throwing the remote. And it was like, one, you know, being, like, you being a Phillies fan and me being a Cubs fan, there's, like, a connection that you make with family and friends, you know, like, you talk about your dad. Yeah. um, and then when moments like that happen where, like, you think you've got it and it's pulled away from you, and, like, in my situation, like, when 08 happened and, like, nothing happened, right, and the Cubs didn't even win a game and barely really even showed up, um, I was kind of just like right. you, man. So I didn't watch a lot of Cubs baseball after that for probably, like, I mean, I would watch it, but I wasn't really super into it for probably, like, another, like, 
three years because oh. um, I, I, I just couldn't deal with it. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like, I'll be dramatic like you, man. Like, someone ripped my heart out, man, and just, like, stomped on it. And uh, Well, I mean, it's my whole life, man. Like, uh, like growing up, I mean, I, that was just it. I watched yeah. the Phillies lose constantly. And then they started getting good, and then they do something stupid. They do something like asinine, something that's just like ridiculous. Like a, an idiot like me would have said, all right, just bench our guys. Don't win. Don't throw the game, but just don't win. <laughs> you know, well, you know how make, not to win. I mean, it would You've make sense. You've been doing it for 120 yeah. years. Just don't win. <laughs> I mean, you. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like, you guys are, lose all the time. Like, just take one game off. Well, it wouldn't we be that. We have the but... most losses of all time in all franchise history. I remember when that happened, yeah. You know that? Yeah. It's, oh, I, I remember it. My uncle busts my balls about it. Like, oh, yeah. When it happened, he showed it, he, he, you know, he called me and he was just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Phillies. He made fun <laughs> of me when Mike Schmidt, when Mike Schmidt, Mike Schmidt's my favorite player of all okay, time. Yeah. So Mike Schmidt, when he, when he retired, you remember, he had, remember back in the day, you had those, uh, the kids up and, uh, you know, he drank the milk and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You remember that stuff? And, yeah. Well, when he retired in, in the early nineties or whatever, <clears throat> he started crying, you know? at his retirement. And, uh, my uncle, I remember at Thanksgiving, I was just like, man, you're, you're seriously going to sit there and make fun of me. I'm a kid. You're making <laughs> fun of me. What a jerk, man. He let you have <laughs> at it, the dude. dinner table. He was just like, he's like, Oh, oh Jim, do you want some milk? And I was like, man, looking back, it's funny. But at the time I wanted to knock him out. And I, I looked at my dad. I was like, man, get this guy. That, like, <laughs> Dude, there's going to be a fight at the Thanksgiving table shit. right now, man. Going to be a fight. Then, uh, I, 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 no, I, I, uh, I didn't know what to say because, you know, I was a kid. I didn't have my wits about me. And plus, I, I, I don't know. I guess I respected my elders. But, Jesus, you got to respect Mike Schmidt, man. Dude, 100%, man. Yeah, you can't just. You can't, you can't, throw, you can't throw shit on or shade or, or any of that on Mike Schmidt. Dude, That's what did man. you, what did you say about the Mike Schmidt thing in milk? Did he have like a campaign in Philly? Cause actually I don't know what you're talking he had about. A camp- uh, well, maybe it was before you, cause I'm a, I'm a couple years older than you, man. But he had like this, uh, commercial back in the day. It was like the kids up and it was a milk commercial. Okay. And they were like, they were like. They were like, go back the kids up, and it was Mike Schmidt as a kid, uh-huh. and he and just because he drank milk, he hit home runs. That, oh, that's, that's what it was up. basically. That was the theme. Yeah, that was the the theme in the late '80s or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. So now, since I don't know. now, here's the one question I want to yeah. ask you that like I'm excited to ask you. Yeah. And I don't know where this question's going to go, but there is a difference sure. between like. Um, like old school baseball versus modern day baseball. So there's been a ton of stuff come up with like, um, for example, like if a pitcher puts a ball in a guy's hip or gives him one up and in to kind of like intimidate him and brush him back on the plate or like all these slide rules and like we're having a conversation. It seems like weekly about like, oh, was that a hard slide? Was that a legal slide? Um, you know, like with the Anthony Rizzo slide and then there was a slide um, two nights ago yeah. where – um, a, a player for the Brewers went hard on a um, – well, I mean, it didn't look super hard, but he went in on a uh, Cardinal second baseman. And was then the there was the uh, 
What's up? No, the one I posted on Facebook was the Anthony Rizzo slide. So Anthony Rizzo slid into home plate and got into the catcher to break up a double play. And then probably six weeks before that. um, Which the catcher is not legally allowed to block the plate. You're allowed to hit him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he then, was, you know, that's debatable. What was he in? But you know what? That's Ty Cobb shit to me. Well, see, that's you what know, that's, that's, that's what baseball. I say. That's like baseball, exactly. So that's like where the debacle goes. So like here's. So I'm gonna ask you this right now. The here's what the Anthony Rizzo slide. He is going into home plate. The goal of it was a bunt play. No, it wasn't a bunt play. I think it was like a soft infield single. So somebody um, from the Pittsburgh Pirates throws the ball to the catcher. So he's going to force Rizzo out at home and then throw it to first base. So he kind of like forces Rizzo out. So Rizzo's already out, but Rizzo slides in, and he could still reach home plate, right? But he was definitely like in fair territory, a little bit on the grass, got to the catcher's feet, knocked the catcher down. The catcher wasn't hurt. And Rizzo didn't really go into him hard. Like, there were no, like, sides and kneecaps or anything like that. But he did just enough to break up that double play. By the time the catcher releases the ball, it sails over the first baseman's head for the Pirates. And the Cubs get two runs that come around and score. And Anthony Rizzo got eaten up. on. I was on Twitter immediately. And Cardinals fans love to tear into Anthony Rizzo. And they're like, Anthony Rizzo's a dirty player. He's always been a dirty player. Like, the game's going to police itself. He's going to get hit tomorrow, and I hope he does, and all of this stuff. So yeah. I had posted the video on Facebook and kind of wanted everyone's opinion on it, right? Like, what, what does everyone think that's of this slide? That's the one slide? I commented on. And that's the video video you commented on. And so right now, like, there are slide rules in place that are saying you can't get out of the base path. You've got to be able to reach the base. But there's also part of that slide rule that says you can't deviate from your path and initiate contact if you're going into home, which is what, like, Anthony Rizzo did. Uh, So my question to you is, one, what do you think of the slide? Well, first of all, I love his name. I love Rizzo. You know, Frank Rizzo from the Jerky Boys, love Rizzo. That's a, that's a New York name. I love it. And two, I love what he did. He's old school. That's old school tactics. He got away with it, and he pulled it off, man. Mm-hmm. And that's baseball. There's human error, man. And that's why I don't like the instant replay. And I was going to say, like, I don't think baseball <clears throat> deviated much from, like, the 1940s or even, like, the dead ball era. You know, they got that um, instant replay for the home run and all that, which I don't really like that, but Dude. maybe that's, you know, a necessary evil. You know, I guess and instant DH, replay you know, grinds. About the DH. Dude, there's so I many things instant about instant replays. replay that grind my gears, man. Where, like, if. In if, every other sport, in every other sport, baseball is the only one that doesn't have that many instant replays. No. Every, it, every other one is like, <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to, like, review that. And and it's like human error is what makes baseball what base like that's a big part of baseball dude, for me, man. One thing that I can't stand sometimes it goes in your favor and sometimes it doesn't. Dude, that's exactly it. Like Todd Frazier, like a month ago, was like, I mean, I want to talk to Rob Manfred about these strike zones because the New York Mets suck, and like they were playing. Um, Crap, who I, I think no, they were playing the Atlanta Braves, and Sean Newcomb struck out yeah. like 10 or 11 Mets. And yeah, Sean Newcomb was getting a pretty generous strike zone, but it's like what you says, that happens in games sometimes. And so what happens is Todd Frazier doesn't think it's a strike. 
he goes back and looks at video of that little rectangular box, and it's like, oh, my God, yeah. the umpire sucked. This is out of control. I want to talk to Rob Manfred about this because this can't happen. One, baseball's been played for about 120 years. All of a sudden, umpires yeah. aren't getting bad and strike zones aren't getting bad. But second of all, just as so much like as – You're going to replace him with a robot? Oh, dude, I do not want a robot ump. You can take that robot no, ump and leave it at the no. factory and put my guy behind home plate. But I'll tell you this right now – You might as well just have like a, 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 a batting cage then at yeah, that exactly. point. Exactly. Let's not have pitchers. Why don't we just get a pitching machine because whatever, right? Because too many guys are getting Tommy John. But for every time that Todd Frazier like gets a strike not in his favor, like he's going to get a ball in movies, his right? favor. Like It's going to go both ways. And that is part of the it game does. is that human error. And not oh, that's part of the strategy of baseball. You've got to know what that ump's going to call and what that pitcher's going to do, right? Like, are we going to take all the strategy out of the game by, you know, having like these instant replays and having a robotic strike zone? Part of the game, I feel like, is understanding the strike zone on a game-by-game basis. I mean, is that crazy for yeah. me to think? No, man. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's part of the strategy. Like you said, man, like, uh, you gotta know the umpire and you, you gotta mess with the catcher. And that's part you of know, like- you gotta mess with the catcher. And then, and then, you know, um, damn, you got a new dog. Hey, yeah. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Sorry about that. We had to hit pause for a second. Brody, the black lab, he is also in studio and I think there's a squirrel outside. Oh, so he wants it. oh yeah, dude. And there's a squirrel outside. He's been like going crazy, dude. Oh, you said he like chases baseballs with you. <laughs> yeah, he does, man. He goes to baseball field with me every day. But back to where we were at though, with That's the whole up. strike zone stuff. Yeah, I don't need robots in yeah. there. And I can't stand players arguing about it. Like you've got to know as soon as that game starts, you study the strike zone for that game. Figure out what they're calling and go after it. And the whole complaining that, like. That's one of my biggest beefs when it comes to the DH, man. Because, you know, how dare a pitcher be able to throw at another batter and then him not have to bat. That really pisses me off, man. Because, you know, if you have the balls to throw at somebody like Nolan Ryan did, like that's my favorite pitcher of all time. Uh, I think I would agree bat. with that. Nolan Ryan for sure, bat. man. You got a bat. You got a bat, dude. You you got a bat. And, you know, if you're not batting, your teammates are just going to take take that hit, like, literally. Like, yeah, they're going to get thrown at. Well, I and heard that's so part much... of the game, man. Yeah. And I think I, I, like, I like throwing at batters, man. I used to throw at batters. I, I wasn't like Roger Clemens throwing at his son, but I was like, I, I, if they were crowding the plate, man, I'm throwing at their chin. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, you know, with the curveball, that was a Nolan Ryan trick, man. You throw high heat inside, and then you throw a curveball. Well, I was always you, taught you like that to be like part of the game, you know. So even like as young as Little League pitching, yeah, you might throw inside and kind of hard to a guy to maybe back him off the plate a little bit. Because then at that point, if you go outside, you know, you've got them kind of, you've got them off, you know, their balance is off because now they're thinking like, oh man, like you whiz one by me pretty quick. Like a baseball hurts when it hits you, you know? Um, yeah. And- I mean, that's what you were saying. Like, you know what, what my, my, my take on the old school to the new school, I'm, I'm old school. Like I, I like the Ty Cobb, Mickey Mantle. Babe Ruth era, man. I love that. Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig. Those are my guys. Like those guys just played hard, worked hard. They were just beasts. But I think it's kind of going back to that, man. You know, everything kind of goes back to the basics, you know, eventually because, Mm -hmm. you know, this everyone wins bullshit. 
everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a trophy. I think everyone's starting to like that, that, that trend I think is going away, yeah. you know, because you know, we're not keeping score or whatever it is, whatever they're doing in the little leagues. Like I think parents like our generation, they're just like, man, this is BS. This is like, you know, you got to learn how to win and lose in life. And, and mm-hmm. that's why they, not to get dramatic again, but like, that's why baseball is so important to me, man. It, it teaches you how to play together, like play with others, mm-hmm. you know, like, like get along with others. I was actually talking to a European friend today, man, because he was talking about like the, uh, the world cup, yeah. you know, the soccer, sh- you know, it's going on. And I'm like, baseball. My point was baseball is the only sport where <clears throat> your individual, like batter versus pitcher, like tennis. And then you also are like a team on defense. Yeah. Only the only sport I can think of. And that's also like, that. like and, when you're and, on defense, like, you you have the ball, right? So like the pitcher and his team are on defense, but they have the ball. Like that's real weird too, you know. Um, it, right. I, I remember watching like, um, oh, okay, dude, it was that book I talked about sending you. A Bartlett Giamatti, who was the uh, baseball commissioner for a while. He used to be like an English uh-huh. professor at like an Ivy League school, like Harvard, I think. Um, and in his book called Like a Great and Glorious Game, he talks about. Um, a lot of really interesting baseball stuff when it comes to like the beauty of the game and how it's set up. Um, he's got a really good article in there about or, or essay that he wrote about how baseball like compares to like the American way of life and like the American dream and things like that. But also yeah. he talks a lot of this really interesting stuff about like the geometrics of baseball about like um, – you know, like nine players, uh, 60 feet, six inches, 90 feet to each bag, oh, yeah. and like how all of these measurements are so related. And one of the things I found most interesting is he talks about how all of the distances in baseball, as they were set up a hundred years ago or whatever, like they were perfect, oh. right? So first base and second base is just far enough away where it's really hard to steal, and you can still get thrown out. So as the game has progressed all these years, those base, base paths are still an appropriate distance apart. The outfield walls, you know, it's not easy oh. to hit a home run. Um, you know, 66 right. inches from pitcher to hitter, man. All of these things in the way the game's set up, it's just the perfect distance. You know, three strikes, you're out. Three outs to an inning. Um, nine out in the field, nine innings, like all of this stuff. It's one of the best baseball no, reads agree. I've ever okay. read, man. Just about the beauty of the oh, game, man. but also how how the game with it being like a team effort and all the players and how, you know, the batter leaves home and his goal is to get back home. To get back home. And, and he relates that to like the American dream on how like America was founded um, you know, just kind of like to find your like way and to find home. Too, you know, what's get that? Second base. <laughs> I said also, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> how, to, how to score with a girl. I'm just kidding, man. Dude, but you no, ever, did I, you ever I, watch I mean, The Office? The thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, that's hilarious. But um, I've been watching. I, I watch and I read everything about baseball, man. So I know the history. And um, you're right. It's perfect, dude. Like the way they set it up, it's like baseball is just always there. Like, even though I've taken a break for a couple of years, 
it's still there, man. I can yeah. always go back to it. It's never gonna, it's never gonna leave. And out of all the sports, it's the only one that doesn't have a time limit. There's no uh, periods, or you know, there's no, you know what I mean? Like oh, shot clock. It's dude, just, that reminds it, it me, just man. Lasts. I want to ask you a it couple questions on that. So listen to this. So I'm gonna unpack something. You tell me what you think. So in the off season, there have been a bunch of measures to like increase place of pace of play right so number one Uh, if you want to intentionally walk a guy you don't lob four pitches all the manager does is he flashes four from the dugout and the guy automatically takes first base and then there's been Uh, talks no dude i remember that right second there have been talks of when um, we go into extra innings, so say like the top of the 10th, you automatically put a runner on second base because that is supposed to speed the game along. And then also no. one of the third things I had read is once we get into like the ninth inning, you can bat any three guys you want because it would give the teams the chance to uh, hit their best guys. So maybe you would have less extra innings game and then you might possibly have more suspense because in the ninth inning, you know, you'll always have, so like you're a Phillies fan. So in the ninth inning, you'll have, um, you know, Reese Hoskins, Scott Kingery and Carlos Mm -hmm. Santana, like no matter what in the ninth inning, like your power guys are going to be up. Odubel Herrera, right? Not Scott Kingery. Um, I want to talk to you about Odubel Herrera, by the way. But so those three things. So let's go for those right now. Number one. Oh, is the intentional walk. Is the intentional walk. Uh, no, because you know what could happen with the intentional walk? A wild pitch. A wild pitch. You know what I mean? Dude, that in, happened. Dude, in 2016. No, maybe it was in 2015. It was the year, the year before the um that intentional walk rule changed gary sanchez um during an intentional walk the pitcher didn't throw a wild pitch but he didn't throw it far enough out and gary sanchez got a hold of that ball he he hit it to the warning track and drove in a run because there was a guy on third so since first base was open they were just going to put first and third with one out and try to force the next guy into a double play but gary sanchez got into that ball hit it to the track and the yankees got a run off of that play listen you tell me what you think but i'll tell you this that rule devastates me man because it takes away even there aren't that many intentional walks that happen in a baseball season right like judging by Uh, the numbers there aren't i mean there are certain guys man very hard used to get yeah walked all the time man what i mean he has the record yeah oh probably what i mean though is there's not enough that like affects gameplay right we're not seeing so many intentional walk we were never seeing so many intentional walks in a game to the point where it slowed the game down because we've got to walk this guy on four pitches and we did it 10 times a game right yeah yeah but it takes away here's what gets me about it the most man here's what like I, I, i i i don't like the rule change right because things can happen wild pitch um, right, because if you've yeah. got a pitcher that's got intentionally walk a guy in a big situation and, like, the bases are, like, you know, you've got a, a guy on third or a guy on second and third or whatever, dude, there's so much pressure yeah. just to lob that ball to the catcher. That's what makes the game – that takes away from mm-hmm. so much of the suspense of the game. And what gets me on this, man, and tell me what you think, what gets me on this is they're focusing on pace of play, but in all reality – baseball's not telling the right story. So if I'm the MLB commissioner, I want to focus more on that four pitch. 
intentional walk yeah. because of the suspense that goes behind it because there's a guy on third or because if that pitcher doesn't throw it outside far enough, guess what? That right-handed batter is going to step up a little close to the plate and try to send one out, you know, opposite field and, you know, sacrifice a guy home. What do you think about that? You know what they're doing, man? You know, that's the, t- that's the, uh, the age-old tale thing. Like everyone says, <clears throat> baseball's so boring. Baseball's boring, blah, blah. That's what they want to speed it up. But like guys like you and me that actually appreciate it, all that's bullshit. Oh, like it it's, is. It's not it it's is. part of the game. I, I love watching a pitcher's duel. I love a zero zero game in the ninth inning with the same pitchers in. I hate how they take the pitchers out in the seventh inning, um, you know, and they have a mid reliever, you know, and a closer and all that stuff. I love seeing a guy pitch the whole game, man. Yeah, so it doesn't like, happen yeah. a lot either. You, know, man. you already know my opinion. No, not anymore. But they don't let them. You can be pitching a whole, like a perfect game, like, uh, like you as being the coach's son, pitching a perfect, uh, perfect game, you know, or well, whatever. I'm just kidding. I know you're not. I'm, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you can't no, let me have I it here, where are we going? I remember my dad used to, I, no, I'm just saying like, I remember being a pitcher and I was pitching in the playoffs and, and, uh, you know, teen, teener ball and, uh, they took me out and they put the coach's son in mm-hmm. and he blew the game. Uh, that and, happened know, to me. I was in travel like, ball. We traveled to Nashville to play and I had pitched like really? most of the first game. I, I played, I played, uh, played fall ball. I, this was when I was like in fifth or sixth grade. I think that was in fall. Oh, yeah. I Cause it was you. after, yeah. Cause it was after we played in the summer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that happened because at that, I was on a traveling all-star team. My dad wasn't the coach of that, but I got yanked for it. And I don't, honest to God, I don't think, I don't think I'd gave up a hit and I got pulled and we lost that game. But, um, dude, here's my thing, man. It's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. Yeah, but it's, what was the second one you said after, uh, after the, well, let let me tell you this right now, man, uh, cause what you were saying is people say baseball's boring, but there's suspense in the game, yeah. right? If I'm the MLB commissioner and now being 2018, like we've got marketing teams and social media teams, like the Cubs have a social media mm-hmm. person, the Phillies have a social media person. I'll tell you this right now, man. When we get off this podcast, if you go and sit in front of your TV and watch tonight's ESPN Sunday night baseball game, they drowned mm-hmm. out the crowd noise you could get and watch an old baseball game on YouTube, just a regular season game from 19, like 95. I would say it was probably last year. I watched, um, Hawk Harrelson and Tom Pachorik called the very last game at the old Comiskey park. And it was just a regular season game and you could hear the crowd noise so loud. And what happens when you get that crowd noise, whether you're at home or live on a game, you get that suspense. But when you watch this ESPN Sunday night game, they drown out the crowd noise. When the hitter hits the ball, they bring in the crack of the bat, but they drown everything else out to the point where it sounds like you're watching a PGA golf tournament because there's not a sound. Why uh, do you think they do that? I don't know why they do that, but I know they've – I don't have facts that they're doing it, but – I've watched old baseball games and new baseball games, and it sounds like they're doing it because, like, you'll it'll like be really quiet, and then all of a sudden you'll hear the crack of the bat really loud, and the sound levels don't seem to be matching up. And I mean, I've been to live baseball games; I know they're louder than what I'm seeing on TV. And I don't know why they do that, but I suspect it's happening because of 
I, I guess the announcers, you know, when you're paying Alex Rodriguez a bunch of money to be on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, I guess they probably want you to hear him, you know. Um, but that's yeah, the story I, I, that I MLB don't want. Do you I think, definitely don't want baseball to, to get like football, man, where it's like just over commercialized. You know, I, I think they're really fighting it, but I think it's slowly getting there. And probably, hopefully, after I'm already dead and gone, like, then it's going to be like robots calling balls and strikes, you know? I, but, I hope it never comes to that. And I don't necessarily have a problem. Like, I'm not too sure what commercialized, like, means in that sense. All I want... To me, it's, like, the the beer commercials, the girls, the cheerleaders, the the flashy... Oh, like, the, during the, games. You know, I, I, don't, and I like, don't think it'll ever I, get to that. I feel like baseball tradition is passed on pretty good, right? So if you watch a Phillies game... I think it is. No, I think I it really is, right? If you watch a Phillies game, John Crook is one of the Phillies TV announcers. Dude, and he is the perfect blend like he'll recognize data but he does not let baseball tradition go unnoticed when he's analyzing a player or analyzing a situation and he is one of the most honest broadcasters I've watched and that's why I watch so many Phillies games now John Crook is awesome man he's my favorite announcer he's my favorite guy to call a game right now John really a hundred percent he's got a podcast man you have got to even listen over to your it. guy uh what's, what's his name harry carey well i'm living right harry carey's not alive oh living. Um, uh, like I, yeah. in all honesty uh, like um hawk harrelson he's he calls some away chicago white Sox game this year hawk harrelson in all honesty when hawk harrelson and tom pachorik um call a Chicago White Sox game, which doesn't happen a lot anymore. That, honestly, is probably my favorite. When those guys are retired, which they're basically semi-retired right now, John Crook's my guy, dude. He puts together a phenomenal podcast just telling, like, baseball stories from when he played. And when he calls a game, it was about, oh, instant replay. You mentioned instant replay a second ago, right? So here's what happened. Um, John Crook was talking about guys, like, sliding into the bag, and then coming off the bag and getting called out. So the nastiest side effect of instant replay is now you can see when a guy slides in hard to a base, if he barely comes off, you notice it on I instant replay, that. and they call him out. Call out. And yeah. so, so number one, if we're talking instant replay, right, instant replay has also, I think, kind of been introduced to maybe speed the game up a little bit because – um, now you've got less managers getting ejected because of instant replay, right? So you're not going to have a guy go out there and argue with an ump for 10 minutes, get the boot. And kick dirt. Oh, dude, that's, that's baseball, man. Dude, Lou Pinella, man. Like, Just pick up a base and throw it, man. Shit. Here's what happens with instant oh. replay, dude. You got – so if a play needs to be instant replayed, like Gabe Kapler is going to get about 10 or 15 seconds to decide if he wants mm-hmm. to replay it. When that happens, the game stops. So we're at home or we're at the park and we're just waiting around because Gabe's got a video guy. Any manager's got a video person in the back that's going to watch it and tell you if it's done. I got a problem with it because, number one, I think if a manager is going to call instant replay, he needs to do it based on what he saw live or what his first base coach saw live or whatever. I am not full on in with taking 10, 20 seconds to decide if you want to call it because we're playing a baseball game. Well, and if you what do you think what do you think of baseball play? You got issues with pace I mean issues with uh, instant replay? 
I do. Like I said, man, earlier, man, uh, I like human error. I mean, I don't like it when it's not in my favor, my team's favor or whatever, yeah. but it's just part of the game. And it's cool. Like, like all the umpires getting together or like the coaches or whatever coming out and they're kicking, kicking up dust and like, uh, you know, arguing that's baseball to me, man. I love that. Sh- oh, I love it. I wonder but, if, do you think instant replay hurts want, baseball? Because here's what yeah, I'm thinking. Man, like, absolutely. Cause you would mention like the suspense absolutely. is out of the game. Has instant replay killed some of the suspense in baseball? It, it, it doesn't in every sport, man. It just makes it, unhuman it just makes it inhumane it just it just i don't know man i I just think you need to let that just ride and just bite the bullet and then that makes you stronger or makes you want to i wonder if that's a reflection of what you said i was i was i was i was 12 years old bro i got hit square in the balls that was the (laughs) worst pain in my life he was Mike Datris. That was his name, man. He hit me right in the balls, man. I cried. I, I cried. <laughs> Next time I was at the bat, same pitcher. I hit a home run. So that is like what I'm talking about. Like that kind of stuff. It pisses you off, and then you just come back better. I hit a home run off of him. Next to bat. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I wonder man. if. Like, I wonder if screw these computers and like these videos and these cameras, like it's just, I don't know, well, but you, said you can't something, stop it. So what are you going to do? Well, you said something a second ago about like giving everyone a trophy and like, maybe like that's how kids yeah. are like being brought up in baseball. I wonder if like, you've got two things that have been introduced, one instant replay and then two, <clears throat> the slide rule. Like, are these things in place because we're afraid to like, treat people fair, right? Like, oh, how dare we get a missed call because people are going to be really mad at us, you know? I mean, I say spike the kid. I say (laughs) metal spikes. I'm sorry, You are full Ty Cobb. You're full Ty Cobb right now, man. I am Ty Cobb. I'm just not racist. Dude, (laughs) baseball was originally like a contact sport, and like all that contact got taken away. But that's the reason why I liked baseball because it it didn't feel like contact, but I I know what you mean. Like there are certain times where there's contact. Well, we had an all-star game where Pete Rose mowed over Ray Fossey in an all-star game because that's how you played baseball, right? It it was an all-star game, right? We weren't playing for a division or anything like that. Like that's just – how those guys played baseball. I wonder if, let me ask you this. So you You're talking about the reds when he played for the reds. Yeah. He and then Ray, the he was a red and Ray Fossey was an Oakland a, oh. um, and they were both, I, all stars. I don't Pete remember Rose. what year it was. Um, but let me ask you yeah. this, man. So do you think, um, because obviously you're a fan and you're a representation of a baseball fan, someone who's, and the interesting thing, the good thing about you is you've watched baseball your whole life. And you haven't really kept up with it like you used to um, lately. Do right. you think things like instant replay, the slide rule, uh, pitch counts, mm. and all this data, like has that affected the way you look at baseball? The way I look at it? Yeah, yeah. Well, like has it kind of pulled you away from it a little bit, I mean, possibly? It, you know, when they started doing the steroid thing, like, you know, that, ba- that brought a big, like, surge, like, a lot of attention to baseball, mm-hmm. you know, like when McGuire was hitting like 70, Barry yeah. Bonds was, you know, crushing it. Um, and then I say, 
I'm pro steroids. I'm pro it. I'm like, you know, cause you'd be a fool if you think that Mickey Mantle or any of those guys that were very competitive wouldn't have taken that, that, you know, edge to be well, better I mean, than the next. They did dude. You know Willie Mays and Mike Schmidt. Like, I mean, they took amphetamines. I think it's pretty well known. They would have, they did, or they, or, I mean, they would have. Well, I mean, they were taking amphetamines um, they, in those days. Like, they had coffee in the locker room that was, like, <coughs> unleaded, leaded. Like, you could get amphetamines from Willie Mays. And Mike Schmidt said he took, like, greenies or whatever because that's what you did as an athlete, you know? Well, you won't have the edge, man. So, like, I think that happened. And then, you know, obviously, like, 10 years ago when it all the, – the spot got blown up, you know, yeah. and, like, everyone got busted – and now all these greats that should be in the Hall of Fame aren't, you know, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, even Mark McGuire, I would argue, should be in the Hall of Fame. <clears throat> that all happened. That kind of pissed guys like me off. But that it's old school. It made you, you know? mad because and they weren't like, getting in the Hall of Fame. Is that like what you're saying? Being, well, I'm saying I felt like I was being uh, cheated a little bit. Because you know, they like, took steroids? Uh, no, no, not because of steroids, but because like, it's like, all right. So like one of my favorites is Ken Griffey Jr., which he first ballot. He's like, not, I think he was like 99.7%. I think he was the whatever, highest asshole. Ever. Yeah. Uh, he was the highest ever. And, and, Who didn't and, vote and for him? he's the, whatever asshole <laughs> said, no, you know, should be shot yeah. in the ass with steroids. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, it's just like that whole thing. It was just, it just felt like dirty. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Am I explaining it right? No, you want to it know just, what? I like what you like, said. Right, well, these are the champions, but they're not. I like what you they're said not, about you know? it feeling dirty. And that's the exact reason why I think those guys have to go into the Hall of Fame. You like if Mark McGuire's Barry a Bonds Hall of Famer, let him in. To be in. Barry Bonds deserves to be in. And by keeping those guys out, it doesn't acknowledge what happened in the game, and it does feel dirty. It does feel dirty to be like Barry Bonds is maybe the greatest left-handed hitter we'll ever see. Oh, dude, that is good. Andy Van Slyke, dude, they had man. Pittsburgh had some good guys. Andy Van Slyke, yeah, Sid Bream, dude. Man. Oh man, and to keep him out of the Hall of Fame and to kind of turn your head away from these guys and be like, hey, we're not really going to talk about Mark, Sammy, and Barry. Oh. And Manny, let's just forget about those guys for a little bit. But by turning your head and not acknowledging it, all of a sudden we've got these skeletons in the closet and kind of like everyone knows we're there, but like we're not going to acknowledge it. And I think I think 100% by not voting them in, you're doing more damage to the game. And I think to acknowledge it, because baseball has been so representative of culture and society and how society's grown – and there are guys in the yeah. Hall of Fame like Ty Cobb, who is a raging racist. And I think somehow for he was a fan, dirty, a dirty, dirty. He was man. a horrible. He was he hated by everybody, dude. Hell. Dude, my favorite no line. Dude, my favorite line in Field of Dreams is um, when Ray Liotta. He's playing. Um, shoot, hmm. Ray Liotta plays shoeless Joe Jackson in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he goes, Ty Cobb yeah. wanted to play, but no one can stand his ass. You know what I mean? Because yeah, everyone yeah. hated Ty Cobb. He was awful. But for, I don't care if you're a 10 year old kid 
or a 55-year-old, like, grown-up adult to go him. into Cooperstown and see the see the evolution of baseball. And we've got, like, this racist era. <clears throat> and then we've got this amphetamine era. And then this steroid era. And right now, baseball is standing. And like you said a second ago, it is getting stronger, I feel like. It's getting better. You've got to tell that whole story and let people take it in. <clears throat> and by saying – by letting yeah. someone in that took steroids, we're not saying it's right – but we're telling the story of baseball like getting I, past like that. I said, brother, like I said, baseball's always there, dude. It's a constant. No matter yeah. if you have cancer, if you fall asleep, or if you're in a coma, baseball is constant. Dude, it's I love like, it, man. It's the greatest and, sport, and it's man. it's always going to come back around, man. Yeah. But, yeah. like, the, the fact of the matter is we, we got the guy that has the most hits of all time not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. We got the guy – most home runs of all time, not in the Hall of Fame. What the? I'm not going to swear. Fuck. What? What? Like seriously? Like all right. So he took a steroid and it made him hit it like ten feet further. He still was forty 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 club. Like he 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 created yeah. that club. Yeah. Barry Bonds did. Mm-hmm. Like like how can you deny him? I don't know, man. And like Pete Rose, he gets a pass. I'm sorry. He 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 deserves to be in there. Uh, you know. And the Negro League, like that's a whole nother podcast if if you want to talk about them because I love them. Dude, hey, Satchel Page, Jobs, get Josh Gibson, like are you kidding me, Jackie Robinson? I mean like Dude, Josh Gibson, I think was maybe Josh Gibson was probably better than Babe Ruth, probably better than any player. Oh uh, man. I'm maybe Babe Ruth. All right. I mean, that's a conversation all we right. do have to have, but there are stories like I've read of like Josh Gibson and like, they're crazy, man. He didn't get a chance to play. Though. I know, but no, I'm going to tell you this, man. We'll have a podcast on that. So you've watched the Ken Burns baseball documentary, obviously, right? Uh, probably on what? Well, I mean, it's on, that big, on, it's on, you can watch it on Amazon. There's a Prime long for free. One. It's very that's, long. That's the long right? one. It's like eight parts. Yeah. I watched, yeah, I watched, yeah, I watched a lot of it. Dude, there's a... I, I, would, I would say Mickey Mantle would be the best if he was sober. And health had a healthy knee. That guy knee. hit healthy knee. Well, well yeah, because yeah, he, like, he wasn't early knee. in his career, he, like, stepped in a hole where a sprinkler was supposed to be. I mean, he played through the injury and said he, like, suffered through pain every day. But, yeah, apparently booze got him late in his career. Well, yeah, he said he never played a game sober. Maybe he was an undercover um, Phillies or Cubs fan and just didn't want to say. <laughs> and he was just getting hammered yeah. every day like the Cubs I don't know. lose. I, I'm just saying, hand, hands down, I know it's cliche, but hands down, it's like Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth. I mean, you can't deny it. The guy was a beast. He dominated. He did things that no one saw before. He's the best. And it's like you – it's like – traveling time it's like you can't you can't go back and 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 be better like he 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 was hitting more home runs than the whole league combined you know like that first year he hit what? like 30 or 40 home runs like i think it was like a couple after of years after pitching? he switched from pitching full time and he turned baseball into what it was like when you got out of the dead ball era and you all of a sudden had like balls flying out of the park because babe ruth is hitting like 40 and 50 home runs i mean and that that's made when ty cobb was like ty cobb him. uh actually 
said that he, he hated him. Oh, yeah. But that's when Ty Cobb was like, I can hit home runs too. And, and, and he did, he started hitting him, but he hit for average, you know, he was playing, you know, I guess whatever you want to call it smarter, but you know, Babe Ruth was like the theatrical, you know, everyone came to see him, you know, the house that Babe built. Yeah. And, and then I'm just, I'm just, you know, Ty Cobb, he could, Ty Cobb, let's face it. He's not a power hitter, but Mm -hmm. Babe Ruth, you can't deny um, my all time of, my all-time favorite is Lou Gehrig. Um, I think he was just a class act. Um, amazing man, mm-hmm. you know, on and off the field. Ted Williams, I think, was the best hitter. And like I said earlier, Nolan Ryan was the best pitcher. Dude, um, I posted this on my Twitter like a few days ago. Nolan Ryan had a game that just hit like its 44th anniversary on june 14th where he had that 13 inning game and threw 235 pitches it's like the he was a stud it's the best box score i've ever seen in my life 235 pitches that's literally three to four starts for guys that throw a baseball right now for most people dude i wonder i don't understand why pitchers get so hurt so often now. Like, there have been probably like eight or nine young kids this year alone that are on the shelf from Tommy John. I guess it's because they're spinning the – they're like trying to spin the ball harder or something. Because, I mean, you had guys like Fernando Valenzuela, like Nolan Ryan, like guys throwing like 15, 20 complete games a year. Who's that kid from uh, the Nationals, man? uh, Strasburg, man. He He had that shit when he was like 21. Oh yeah, yeah dude. Tommy John. There are guys that get Tommy John in high school sometimes. Yeah, man, because they're throwing the curveball wrong. That's what happened to me. I was throwing the curveball wrong. Dude, no I read me, and I didn't ice my arm. I did a little bit of research on it. I read an article to where um where like I read about two different things of like what possibly might create um a lot of like elbow problems in Tommy John. And one is like the uh it's like an they, I think they call it the inverted W. So if you watch Steven Strasburg throw a baseball, or if you watch like Mark Pryor who pitched for the Chicago Cubs like in that 03 season, right. the 03 heartbreaker, when those guys throw a ball, it's like their fist is like pointed towards the ground and then their arm just like comes yes. up. You like spin it downward. Yeah, like current pitchers like Steven Strasburg, They're spinning David it Robinson. Right to left. Yeah, and I think that that must give you more spin. And I, it definitely like increases your velocity. And I've read to where like a lot of people thought like that arm action was okay, but like it's not so much. And then also no. the same article I read would look at like when a pitcher's got his arm like back, if you ever see a guy <clears throat> That when his arm goes back, his palm, he's holding the baseball where the baseball's facing towards second base. Uh, that same article I read looked at like guys that had their arm that came back and their hand was facing out to where the ball was facing towards second base, that that could also cause elbow problems. Um, and it could be like, and I yeah. think that technique also might be made to kind of, uh, spin the ball harder because now we're measuring like uh, spin rates and stuff like that. And just guys, well, are Q, going you, on the you shelf. know, you know that like uh, overhand pitch is an unnatural. Uh, it's unnatural. Oh, it's, it's for unnatural sure. motion. I, yeah. Yeah. It's not. And, and, there, and you only have so, you only have so many, like, so like, <clears throat> like a bowler, you can bowl forever. You know, it's natural for some reason. It's it's okay for your shoulder. Well, it's underhand. Your you're arm. not really binding anything up. Underhand, you're fine. 
but overhand for some reason, like you only have so many throws and like guys like Nolan Ryan, Kurt Schilling, um, Pedro Martinez, like those guys are just beasts, man. Like, and they just, um, Satchel page, man. Uh, any, any of those guys that just like fought through it, man. Dude, like, I think one guy man. last year, I think Chris sale was the only pitcher in major league baseball to throw 200 innings. And I think he threw 203. But, like, mm. guys used to throw, like, for the whole season. For that 203 for the whole season. And, like, Dang. I mean, there were guys that were throwing 270. I mean, within probably. What's his name? Bob Gibson. Maybe the last Bob 15 Gibson. years. The, the guy from the Dodgers, man. Remember the Dodgers? Sandy Co- Oh, Fernando Valenzuela, yeah. Sandy Koufax? Sandy Koufax? Come on, man. Like, he, his arm, he said his arm was numb. Oh, he needed Tommy John early in his no hitter. Yeah, what well, was because early in his career, all he did was throw for velocity, and then by the time he figured out that he could pitch smarter, the damage was done. And if Tommy John had been around, yeah, he would have had it and probably continued to pitch. They say, dude, he's like the best pitcher that ever lived, man. I feel like from his span of life, I know. I guess it was about like a ten-year stretch where like things were looking nasty, man. Like low one ERA, and that's kind of what they compare Clayton Kershaw to because he's had so many seasons to where he can pitch to like a buck seventy-nine ERA. Nasty too. It's disgusting, dude. His delivery is like so deceiving. Um, it's like he hides the ball well. He's kind of got like a high leg kick, does weird stuff with his glove, and then kind of like drops his back leg down, and then brings what he's got. What happened that? I'm that kid from the Giants, man. I think he got traded. You know what I'm talking about. Tim Lincecum? Recently? Yes. Lincecum, yeah. Lincecum tried to come back this year, man, but he he? got cut by the Rangers. He's been trying to make a comeback for a few years now. He pitched in 2016. He was the man for a minute. Dude, he was disgusting. That was back when I was watching. Yeah, he had (laughs) hip problems. So his hip... He had a bunch of hip problems, man, and that kind of just uh, forced him out or whatever. But for those years, dude, he threw like two no-hitters in two years. I think he won two Cy Youngs, got a couple World Series rings. I mean, he oh, was. Yeah, man. He pitched a 147-pitch no-hitter, and I think that was his first no-hitter, 147 pitches. Who's your, um, who's your all-around like favorite Cub? Right now, or, right now or all-time? Ever. Ever all-time. Mm. Ryan Sandberg? Andre Dawson, the Hawk. (laughs) You're good. So my favorite Cub, maybe Carrie Wood, I think. But I know, like, the sexy Mm. answer, like, isn't just a pitcher because if I'm saying, like, a guy that did a bunch. But Carrie Wood, man, like, I would say – because I loved him and Mark Pryor, for sure. <clears throat> wasn't he, stuff, like tw- he was like 20 years old, and he threw a perfect game. No, it wasn't a perfect game, but it was probably the greatest no game. With now, obviously, like in today's age, we've got like data that like really digs deep. And like there's a stat built called the game score that tells you like how Ooh. good a pitcher pitch based on like – it's probably some big, long algorithm that basically tells you – like how hard a pitcher is going to be hit, his ability to strike guys out and all that stuff. So that game he pitched when he was 20 was a 20 strikeout one hitter. Um, I think it was an infield hit to the Cubs second baseman or no, third baseman maybe. And there was a bit of, of like speculation whether like that play was an error or not because the, it was an infield hit and the third baseman didn't field it <clears> clean. Um, but Kerry Wood to this day will tell you, yeah, it was a hit. Um, so you're going up with Kerry Wood then? 
I, I think I'm going Kerry Wood, dude. He hit like in 2003 in game seven of the NLCS, he pitched. He hit like a three-run home run that game. Like that 20 strikeout game is all time, dude. Um, I love the way he threw a baseball. He had arm problems by the time. Um, let's see. In 2003, he had a real productive season. Him and Mark Pryor were like probably the two best pitchers in all of baseball. But I want to say by like 04, 05. Did he, he did he end up going to the Yankees? Yeah, he was. So after he, he left the Cubs, he was like a bullpen guy. So he pitched out of the bullpen for the Indians, the Yankees, came back to be a Cub and pitched out of the bullpen. And he was he was an effective reliever. He wasn't a closer or anything, but he was a reliever. He'd probably pitch to about a three, maybe three, four ERA as a reliever. Um, how do you it, feel? <clears throat> how do you, how do you feel about the Yankees, man? Dude, I are you a hater? I'm absolutely a hater of the Yankees. A hundred and ten percent. Dude, if you're watching baseball and you don't hate the Yankees because they have the best record in baseball, and it's the Yankees who have the most money in all of baseball, and they've got the best oh. prospects. They've got the most money and the best prospects. The right. Cubs gave them Glaber right. Torres, Q, Q, who's man. hit like 17 right. home runs. Undeniably, I hate him. The best franchise him. in hate all him. sports. In the, all sports. The Yankees? Can you deny that it's not the Yankees? The, the, best, fran- the best franchise in they all have sports? The Do best I think franchise of all time. Do I, I don't. I don't. I think the St. Louis Cardinals historically have had a better franchise than the Yankees. The Yankees just have the they most have money. They can buy most. They of don't their, have more wins. I know, but all those twenty-seven World Series victories, like fifteen of them, were because they were, they were the you were only team that had sexy, any money. You were talking about sexiness earlier. I'm talking about romance. The most romantic story no. is the Yankees. Don't man. like them. They have what? Listen, okay. Let me. Okay, so the. The good Yankees, right, like, they have, they I don't have dislike. Hands down, the best story. <laughs> I don't dislike Lou Gehrig or Mickey Mantle base, or Babe Ruth. I don't dislike those guys, but I look at the Yankees as like 19, like in my lifetime, right? So, like, let's go like 96 on when they were just yeah, like, like signing Deere, everybody yeah. and winning titles. 96 on Yankees. Um, no, I hate them. I think they're the worst. I think they're the worst. Oh, now, like, man. like vintage Yankees. I mean, uh, yeah, dude, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, like 56-game hit streak. Like, dude, Mickey Mantle, switch-hitting 500-home-run guy. Dude, 100%. I got no beef with those guys. But this Yankees team where Steinbrenner's just spending money on everybody, and then now they've got the most money and the best prospects, I want them to lose. I do not want them to win the World Series. I want them to lose. That guy's dead. Yeah, so Hal Steinbrenner runs the team. Hal Steinbrenner runs the team. no, disres- uh, no disrespect to George, but like it's all a bit petty um, over there. All like disrespect to that dude. I'm just kidding. Listen, their spring <laughs> training field is called George M. Steinbrenner Field. Like that sounds a little Donald mm. Trumpian. Like, dude, like just call it Steinbrenner Field. Does it have to be George M. Steinbrenner Field? Like that's a little like, dude. That tells me all I need to know, and that's representative of but why I hate you the just said, You just said, what did you say? The Cardinals over the Yankees, as far as the best franchise of all time in baseball? Oh, I don't know, man. In all sports, in, all in, sports. Oh, in you, all sports. You oh, throw the Packers in there. All, all sports. sports. If we're doing you all can't sports, beat the Yankees, I man. would honestly probably say all sports. Uh, football, basketball, baseball, probably like the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. 
Oh, you're crazy. You're an Eagles man. fan. Well, I always, I always, I'm honestly, not a, I'm not a football. I don't like football. Listen, I hate the Steelers and I hate the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> I hate them both with a passion, right? Because, like, I grew up and my grandpa was a Cubs fan and a Cowboys fan. So if you're a Cowboys fan, you've got to hate the Steelers. And I mean, I'm not, I don't watch a lot of football really either anymore. But, like, I'm a Cubs fan, so you better believe I hate the Cardinals. But those two franchises somehow, like, they've done things right. They've done things without, like, big budgets. They've built their players from the ground up. And I always not like that, What about man. the Packers, man? I hate the Packers too much. Aaron Rodgers is my least favorite athlete in the whole world. I hate Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I hate Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm, I'm a Phillies fan, so I'm supposed to hate the Braves. But... I uh, grew up watching Dave Justice, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox, yeah, Tom Glavin. I fuck, I love them. I love those guys. Dude, can I tell you something so, right now? I don't hate them. I don't hate That's the Braves. That's good because honestly, I don't hate the Cardinals like a lot of guys do because they're not like if the Yankees were in my division because they were so rich, like I would hate them. And like, yeah, I do hate the Cardinals, but the Cardinals do a lot with a little, like that 2011 season, they've had multiple seasons like that where things just always come together for them. And you know, they're going to be unstoppable and it's because of the culture. And right now the Cardinals aren't doing so good. And, Fans on Twitter are ripping like Mike Matheny and the Cardinals co- coach because that culture is like slipping. Um, so I respect that you can say that you like the Braves because that's a, I mean, you know, being a Phillies fan and have to set through that. That's a rival out east for the all Mets. those years. I I don't know. I just I just don't see how you can hate a team, and I'm and I just don't know how you can deny the Yankees, man. And I don't I deny. Hear, I'll tell you this: either you love or you hate the Yankees. Like that's that's just the theme, man. I it's don't. Like, sit I just, it, oh yeah, because they're such a big team. You can't like if I ask you your opinion on the Tampa Bay Rays, you're like, I don't really care. But like the Yankees, they're so popular. I don't dislike them. Like I like if I take all their players and like if I silo them and like, do I like Gary Sanchez? Yeah. I like Aaron Judge. I like Giancarlo Stan. I love Glaber Torres, man. I like Clint Frazier. They're all good guys to watch. But because they're the best, I absolutely do not want them to win. Last year, last year in the NLCS, or excuse me, in the ALCS, I wanted the Yankees to win Game 7 and go to the World Series because they were the underdogs. But this year, I know they're the best team, so I want the Red Sox to beat them real bad. <laughs> <laughs> And the plus, if the Cubs make the well, World the Series, the Red Sox aren't, yeah. aren't that far behind them as far as the They're budget not. goes. Man. The Red Sox, the three best teams in baseball are right now, got to be Red Sox, Yankees, Astros. Um, I'd say the yeah, Astros are the is, best team. Probably the Yankees second, and the Red Sox third, and then you get the fourth, and you start to yeah. get into some NL teams. This is where I fall off, man, because I, I, I'm not up on the current stuff. Okay. And I, I feel bad about Let me about tell it. you this, man. Let's talk Phillies baseball, dude. You mentioned a second ago that right. you enjoyed seeing Glavin, Smoltz, and Maddox. Yeah. Do you, do you want to know what team reminds me of that Brave setup? The Philadelphia well, I know, Phillies. I know, I know the Phillies have a really good the Phillies pitcher. Have, I don't even know his name. Dude, they've got a re- – so they've got a number one in Aaron Nola. And this guy, more times than not – 
will go out and pitch seven innings and give up two runs or less. And he pitches to contact, so he's a guy that you can get behind because he's going to pitch like an old-school pitcher. He's not, you're not going to have to pull him after five. You're not going to have to pull him after six. He can get guys out. He's an efficient pitcher. He'll give you seven, eight innings. He's a bullpen saver. So the Phillies have that guy at the top of their lineup. So way, way more times than not, you know if Aaron Nola is going to take the mound, he's going to give you seven, eight innings. He's going to save your bullpen. And because he pitches the contact, pitch count's never a thing with him. And he's real good. And then they got a guy named Vince Velasquez who's getting, who's getting real good too. He'll go out. He's a strikeout guy, so he can give you six or seven. And if he does, he's going to strike out 13, 14, or 15 guys. And he can also Ooh. hit really good. <laughs> like he's batting like 240, I think, this year. And then they've got a third guy, Zach Eflin. And like I'll kind of compare him almost to like, because obviously they have Jake Arietta right now. So if Jake Arietta's like your free agent signing, maybe he's obviously no one's as good as Greg Maddox, but maybe he feels like that Greg Maddox role because he's the guy that came in. Zach Eflin kind of reminds me of like how well known he is. He's kind of like your Steve Avery. Right. We're like all of a sudden you've got this yeah. guy and he's not he's not Air Nola or Vince Velasquez. Right. He's not Smoltz or Glavin or Maddox, but like he's there. And, you know, his last like three or four starts have been real good. Um, I think his last start, he might have struck out about 12 or 13 guys. And they've got those four starters and then their fifth starter. I don't know if I remember who that is. Um. But those four guys right there, they're real good. And the Phillies right now, they're in third place in the NL East. And the only thing that's yeah. stopping no, them. I, I keep up with that. I just don't keep up with, like, the stats. And, well, like, those are going to be your stats. Hitting. And what's going to stop them is they need, a, they need bullpen help. And I think that's, their, that's one of their weak spots is, like, bullpen help. But, like, their hitters, they're almost – they have the potential to be the 2015 Cubs this year. So the 2015 Cubs, after the All-Star break, kind of came out of nowhere, and all their prospects started playing really good. And right now with this Phillies team, you've got a lot of young guys that can hit good, but they're just not doing it yet. Like Scott Kingery is like their big-time uh, utility infielder that they signed this offseason, and he had a huge spring training, man. He's a good fielder. He's a good hitter. But he's only batting about 220 right now with three home runs. And I believe this is going to be his first season. This is his first season as a full-time player. So I think with the Phillies in their offense, like, number-wise, that's kind of what you're looking at. You've also – they've got a guy, um, Nick Williams and Aaron Altair, which are a couple outfielders. Um, Nick Williams bats like a left-handed version of Chris Bryant, and he's real fast, real fast. Um, which is kind of like Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's a great hitter. He's, he, like, crouches down when he gets in his batting stance, Nick Williams, and he's a lefty. Um, but he's kind of got, like, he's got a little bit of an open stance to where his, um, his right foot's kind of back from his left foot, um, and he's super fast. And Aaron Altair, he's a righty who can hit with some power, but he's just not, you know, quite there yet. I think he's batting a little below 200, and then besides those guys, like Reese Hoskins is like their big power hitter 
who he was a rookie last season and hit. Damn, man, you know a lot about the Phillies. I man. do, man. Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins last year played <laughs> only in like sixty-nine games, and it was just he played just enough games to be considered a rookie. So I feel he shame, got, man. He got like, rookie. That's my team, and, I, and you know way more than I do about well, him. Like to you know current date it's mm. one because i have no life and two because i started this stupid podcast I no so i have to know these numbers to try to talk about baseball but reese hoskins hit like yeah. 18 home runs in like 50 games last year something bonkers and this year he broke his jaw like um i want to say about two months ago man he hit a ball it fouled off of his foot or fouled off of like his thigh and it came back and hit him in the face and broke his jaw Dang. It was crazy. So he missed some time, so he's getting back in the swing of things. And the, besides that, like, they signed Carlos Santana, who's the first baseman from the Indians. He's a switch hitter. Um, also it, a really good uh, guitar player. Carlos ain't great guitar. I, dude, when I, I watched him hit um, <laughs> in batting practice at Wrigley Field like two weeks ago, Carlos Santana can hit a baseball. Not only can he sing Maria Maria, but he can hit a baseball, man. It's phenomenal. He's a great guitar player. But that's kind of what the Phillies look like, man, where um, their starters are real I, good. I, you know, I got to get back. I got to get back into it. I, I know I know they have some, like, really good studs, like, pitching. But like I said, man, I just had to leave them alone for a little bit. That That left a really – Dirty feeling in my mouth, dude. Like when it came to that uh, that year, I was just like, "Man, this is it! All the veterans, you know, they're coming together." It's Chase Utley, yeah. that's my boy. This is his last chance, and they just blew it. They just like it's like they just wanted to give it up. <sighs> yeah, well, you mentioned Sorry. a few I, other things though, where we were talking about like the rule changes and the pace of play, and like you know, I wonder if like that's driving people like you away as well, who are like these people that have watched you know baseball forever. No, it's not. It's you not that. So? It's it, not for me. No, I, <clears throat> I I don't mind that. I mean, that, that's not going to make me not stop watch. watching. It's it just, doesn't make me stop watching. I, I'll gripe about it just like everybody it's just else. Like a, but I mean, hmm. There are certain things, you know, like the DH and the stuff like that. But, yeah, like if they're going to start doing instant replays, you know, all the time, I can get over that. I can get yeah. over that. Do you want to know what the um, – I'm sorry? Oh, I was going to say, like, it's, you know, with all these teams that, like, do these, like, strip them down completely rebuilds. I mean, I don't think you're the only fan out there where it's – Hard to keep up with that stuff, man. You've got fans up in oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, it's really hard, man. You know, you got Pittsburgh Pirates fans who, you know, in the offseason when they traded away Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole, like they were hurt by it, man. There was a huge petition going around to get the yeah. owner of the team to sell the team because, you know, there are a lot of, you know, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Pirates still have like some prospects coming up. And, um, you know, they still had, like, Garrett Cole, who's pitching phenomenal. Andrew McCutcheon was an best MVP per- in 2013. Right, best pirate of all time. Best pi- in, your, in your opinion, best pirate of all time. Crap, man. You want to know what? Like, I feel like. I know. I know mine. It's got to be Roberto Clemente, man. Yes, that's him. 110%, that's it. dude. It's him. Um, all right. Well, I know, we agree on something. Dude, I know very <laughs> little about Roberto Clemente. But I worked with a guy named Andrew when I first um, 
or no, after when I was in Nashville still. And he said that he was a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. And I asked him because he's originally from Michigan. But I was like, hey, man, why are you a Pirates fan? And he said when he was in grade school, he had to write a paper on an athlete. And he wrote a paper on Roberto Clemente. Are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me, dude? No. That's that's, me, dude. I wrote a paper on I wrote a paper on him. Did you really? Yeah, so did this guy, man. Dude, what a selfless guy, man. He died on an airplane like helping people. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do not know I don't know enough about Roberto Clemente as much as I should about who he was as a person, like what he meant to the game. I knew more about him when I was eight than I do now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's the sad part because I wrote a paper on the guy. But, yeah, he was a selfless dude, and he was a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, dude. Do you want to hear a crazy story? Phenomenal baseball player. Neil Walker, who plays for the Yankees now, I believe it's Neil Walker. I swear, like, Neil Walker's dad – was either he wasn't on the plane with Roberto Clemente, but I think he was like gonna volunteer with him and then didn't end up going and was like supposed to be on that plane and knew Roberto Clemente like really well. Um, and that's Neil Walker's mm-hmm. dad because I think he was a Pittsburgh Pirate at the time, um, which is an interesting story, you know. Um, but I would love to know, I don't more know about man. Him, man. The two, the two, the two guys. I mean, <clears throat> I hate to keep repeating myself, but like the two guys, I, I always like think about is uh, Barry Bonds. Like in my time, my my life, like Barry Bonds. Yeah. And I think about Ken Griffey. Very, very close and like stature and what they played position wise, and mm-hmm. they both batted lefty. Can you imagine if Ken Griffey? Did what Barry Bonds did, I've like as far as steroids, a million times. A he guy, would hit a hundred home runs a year. I think so. He hit fifty six. He'd be over naturally, a like three yeah. years in a row. And then, like, what got him were injuries, which is a like the mo hurt. of like taking steroids and being able to the, play till you're forty four. Well, the guy got hurt when he was like nineteen or twenty in the shower when he fell. Yeah. He fell in the shower, and then like I remember watching an interview with him uh, in the early nineties, and they were like, "Do you exercise?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "My wife does, though," <laughs> and he that's laughed. What, that's what Ken Griffey Jr. said. <laughs> and then he and then he, Ken Griffey said, it, "Yeah." He's like, "My wife exercises. I don't." You know, Bear, uh, Bo Jackson <laughs> uh, didn't either. Bo Jackson said he had a weight room in his house. And like Mark Gubas or something came by and Mark Gubas is like, you got a lot of weight equipment here. And Bo goes, I don't use any of it. <laughs> and like Mark's like, none. He's like, none of it. He goes, this is just here for them. Like this is here for show when people come over. He goes, but I don't use this stuff. It was all natural with those guys, man. He's, a damn, he's a damn monster. Dude, Bo Jackson might be know. my just, favorite baseball player of all time, possibly, just because Bo of, like... Jackson? It's crazy to think, but, like... Breaking the bat? You just love seeing him break the bat. And I know how crazy, like, that sounds, but, dude, I lo- dude, his, like, what he could do on a field, it was, like, that was the guy I watched. Now, granted, I was, like, probably seven and could only watch it on Center, but you knew he could yeah. almost do anything, like he would do things, you'd be like, "No, well, when he, when he can't ran do up that. the field, he ran up the, he, uh, the, he ran the wall. up the wall, broke a bat over his head, threw out Harold Reynolds from the warning track with no cutoff man, like, and then that ESPN thirty for thirty documentary, like, if I was like, mm. 
trapped on a desert island, like just give me that 30 for 30 and I'll be happy because I could watch it over and over again, man. Dude, it's he's such an enigma, man. There's like this mystique, like this like impossibility about him and like he just does stuff. And you know he's like the uh, closest thing to a superhero. He's, he's Jim Thorpe. He's Jim Thorpe. I mean, he was like the all-around guy, yeah. you know, Jim Thorpe. They said they said he used to come off the bus, and it was just him, and he played every sport. Like uh, Bo Jackson, he had that like aura about him, you know. Like he, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I think he should he sh- he should have canned football and just stuck with baseball. Dude, do you but know? What do I know? About a year ago, he came out and said that after that football season ended that he was going to retire from football and only play baseball. And I think he said that in January of actually 2017, not January of 2018. And he said after that year he was going to retire from football and just play baseball full-time because that's what he wanted to do because he always said football is just a hobby for me. He goes, that's just what I do in my downtime. Football is a hobby for me. And once baseball season was over, there was no like um, preseason – training camp for Bo Jackson, he would just step onto a football field and do the stuff that he or did. Or a baseball field. Well, it would, well, when baseball would finish, he would play football because the way they oh, see because football starts in the fall. So once baseball ended, he would walk straight into football. No, no training camp, nothing. Because the football season would usually already be a few games in. Because I think football season starts like the beginning of September. Um, so you'd miss about three yeah. or four games at that point if you were a football player. Um, but it's nuts, man. I don't know. I think he was better at football. I think mean, he was fa- he was faster. Like he was unstoppable. But like baseball, <clears throat> I, I you know that thirty for thirty on Bo Jackson. He talks about him like struggling with hitting. Do you want to know, know why fielding. I think though? Because like I feel like football was definitely easier for him to be good at because he was so fast and so strong. But like, I'm sorry, but like when you're playing like football in the off season, hitting a baseball from a guy that's throwing balls that break and curve and go up hitting and go down. Is the, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the hardest it thing is. you can do. So the fact that it's the hardest thing, the fact that Bo sport, Jackson, I don't care what anybody dude, says. it is the yeah. fact that Bo Jackson could still hit 240 and hit like 30 home runs when he was playing football in the off season is crazy. And for him to dedicate, like, to go full-time in baseball, there's no doubt his stats would have been better. And a lot of guys say he would have been a Hall of Famer if um, – a lot of people say he would have been a Hall of Famer in both sports if he just wouldn't have got hurt. But I think there's no doubt in guys' heads, like, if he had went baseball full-time, he's a Hall of Famer because it's just easier to run fast and be strong than this to hit a baseball, man. Trust me, like I said in the very beginning of this conversation, man, I was talking to a guy from Europe. Um, He's from, like, Russia, and he was talking about the World Cup, and I was saying how hard baseball is. It's the hardest thing to do is to hit a baseball. It's the hardest thing in any sport. I don't care what anybody says. And then he's like, well, what about all these fat guys that are just, you know, walking around and he – made some examples you know i'm just like dude like no it's eye hand coronation that's part of being an athlete like you can't hit 100 mile an hour like you literally have a split second to decide if you're going to swing or not let alone if it's going to move 
you know, if you make contact, if you hit 30% of them, that means you're a uh, Hall of Famer. You know, yeah. if you hit 30% of them. I mean, that's crazy to me. And, like, that people look down on baseball like that. That's just, I don't know. It's the hardest thing to do in sports, man. It is. Screw you a foul to, shot. You have to think so fast. You know, like, the, 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 the decision timing, right, you've got to, like, hit a baseball is, like, a millisecond. <clears throat> and you've got to remember all of this stuff because you're facing a different pitcher every night. It might be a pitcher you you're haven't actually seen not in a year. Thinking. That's the thing. It's like almost like yeah. you ha- to think in baseball and be good. You have to not think because when you think, I think that's you when you get the yips. Like you, Darvish, right now is having an awful season because he's thinking about pitching. And Noah Syndergaard said, like before he hit the disabled list, he was like, "Well, the problem with my pitching is I'm just thinking too much, and I'm thinking about throwing strikes, yeah. and I just have to stop doing that." And like by not thinking, then that allows you to think and like naturally. Um, just try to hit a baseball yeah, and not like, think about uh, it too much. It's muscle still, memory. It's crazy, man. It is, dude. But uh, muscle memory, man. It's 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 uh it's one of those things. That's when you uh, get into slumps, you know. When you, you know, it's, being in a slump is the worst, man. Dude, You're totally in your head. Yeah, man. It's something. Bryce Harper is like in the worst slump of his career. He's batting like 190 over his last like 30 over the whole month in the last month. He's batting a buck ninety. It's like an MVP caliber candidate, and um, you wonder like how because it would be weird if you were watching any other sport and like all of a sudden LeBron James just got real bad, or if like um, yeah. name a football player uh, Tom Brady like if all of a sudden he just got real bad and you'd be like what's up with that man? But in baseball like that can happen even to like the best guys. And one of the great things about baseball when we talk about like all these rule changes like um, you know top of the 10th inning, let's put a guy on second. Um, I'm against that because um, baseball's that game to where, like, your best player could strike out four times in a game, and then you might find, like, your hero batting seventh. And I think when you put players in that situation, that's what creates, like, great sport moments. That's what creates heroes, you know? Um, Because you don't necessarily, like, if Bryce Harper does something good in a baseball game. Yeah, yeah. when I got hit in the when I got hit in the balls, man. Yeah, man. And then I came up and hit a home run. I it's knew. just like it just it makes you <laughs> it just makes you uh, that yeah. much more hungry. That's uh, what's up. I think tomorrow, if I'm having a bad day at work, I'm gonna try to punch myself in the balls and see if I can get through the day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do that, man, dude. Well, let's go. I'm gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. Um, All right. We are. We'll do this again for sure. And I think um, I'm down. just so the listeners know, like I think in future podcasts when me and Jim, um, when we're on it, like pretty much like our goal when we record is to kind of just like talk baseball and not know where it's going to go. And I think the goal yeah. of our conversations are to hopefully give people something that they can't get on MLB Network, you know, or that they can't get on ESPN. Because so much of that stuff, I, I feel like sometimes it's just hot air. People are 
Um, yeah. Just repeating like the same data numbers over and over again. And I guess it's because like there are corporations like you're not really getting into baseball talk. Like a Pete Rose conversation going into Hall of Fame is going to sound a lot different than our Pete Rose conversation. And I think that's ultimately well, over the next few our weeks. Our conversation, uh, we can just call it uh, raw ball. Something like that, you know? man. Because I think raw the goal ball. of these conversations. I like questions, man. I love yeah. questions. When people question me about baseball, like, why do you like the Yankees? Well, I don't like the Yankees. I mean, I do like the Yankees. I respect exactly. them. But like when people when people like ask questions, I love it, man, because it makes me think. And baseball is one of the most uh, <clears throat> passionate things I'm, I'm about, man. So and it's, it's heartbreaking as well, man. <laughs> it is. It is. And you're you're inspiring me to get like back into it and like. Uh, I don't know, especially catch up with it, man, with my team. I just Well, you like should, said, man. man. The Phillies are um it's good, dude. And I would honestly like to touch at some point, man, talk about like rebuilds and how it affects fans. But either way, like I think the goal of these conversations, so if you ever when you find us on iTunes and you see a um a podcast episode that's got Jim on it. Just know the conversations are going to be like this. We just want to bring like baseball questions. Like we don't really do, we didn't do any planning before this show. We just knew we wanted to talk baseball kind of like um, really just talk it freely, you know, kind of what comes to mind, not have any sort of script, not try to please anybody, but just kind of bring like really raw conversations, just like you said. So uh, I'll close it up. This is Jim. I am Quentin. You guys listen to the greatest show on dirt. Thank you for listening and have an awesome night. Take care.